Hey guys, it's Jacob here. Just wanted to let you know that this week's episode and one of our future episodes are going to be a little bit different. We got invited to do a live show at GlitchCon 2017, which was an absolute blast to do. And we changed up the format a little bit and decided to do a game machine rather than a movie machine since it's a games convention. And we also had kind of a shrunk time block, so we did two 20-minute episodes rather than two 30-minute episodes. So it's a little bit short, but we created some cool video games, and I hope you guys love it. Quiet on the set. Welcome to a special episode of the Movie Machine Podcast from Hot Chocolate Media. Except we realized we took a wrong turn and here we are at GlitchCon. So instead of the Movie Machine, today we're going to do a video game machine. Where we're going to take a random prompt from the internet and design a video game based on that prompt. I am your game producer today and my greatest note of credit is that I played Battletoads so long I once got dehydrated and had to go to the doctor. Alright, uh, I am Jacob Gulliver, I am your game designer today, and uh, I created the all of the like uh, allegory between the original Banjo-Kazooie and Ukulele, so where, where they had pages, where they have pages now was where the, uh, the jiggies were before, and they went from the, the notes to the feathers. I figured out how to do that and just narrowly avoid the copyright infringement. I am Ian Nystrom, and I was the color coordinator on Bejeweled. Fantastic. And I'm your game developer today. All right. So I'm going to open up our random generator here and see what it gives us. All right. Our suggestion for the week is an artsy game where you photograph natural disasters, but, like, it's totally atmospheric. Okay. So this is... This is a completely awesome idea for a game in my mind. So what, what I kind of want to do is have this sort of like open world exploration thing, but it's like really dark, there's lots of fog and like limited light sources, and you're going to be exploring through this, this huge vast landscape um, that's just been completely decimated by, you know, the, the laws of nature, torn, torn the place to shreds. I'm almost thinking like it scored like Pokemon Snap, like how your your pictures have like certain point values or like specific things that you're you're trying to capture but i don't really want it to be like on rails i want it to be like open world exploration there's specific things you're looking for that the kind of idea that i have is the story of like what caused the natural disaster or you know how how things unfolded is revealed as you take the pictures when you take a picture of certain things then it's going to present you with like new snippets of text new new pieces of story on screen so you can see that in front of you and then you as you go on um, the, that will be revealed so if you miss a few things you might have to kind of like piece a little bit together but if you get everything you're going to get this really complete interesting story for what caused the natural disaster or you know what what is going to happen from there and it's really going to be, it's going to be like four or five different natural disasters that you're going to experience. 
and each one is just going to be a huge open area to explore with its own specific goals, its own specific achievements and everything that you're, you're trying to, to get through for that process. So that's kind of what I'm imagining. Um, I don't think that we want to go too in-depth in terms of, like, music. I kind of want it to just be sort of ambient. Um, the user can kind of fill in almost like a, a colot or something like that, if you guys are familiar with that game. And just every once in a while it gets kind of intense. I think I'm going to call this game A Picture of the End. Okay, okay. All right, Ian. You now have three minutes to put your own spin on this game. All right, I like the idea of exploring the areas of the different natural disasters. So we're really going to focus on how to make these different natural disasters their own unique storylines in the game. I'm picturing there being multiple endings, because everyone likes these open world games, and we have you can play through it multiple times to try to get the ending that you want. And maybe the endings and the story routes are based around the various natural disasters that have ravaged and destroyed our small and precious little blue globe. So let's see, what kind of natural disaster we got? We got floods. I want there to be a flood zone. You can go around, take pictures, try to figure out what maybe caused the ice caps to melt, as, or maybe what... What I think I think we the, know the answer to that one already, but okay, okay. How about how about bears. how about there's various uh, investigative journalism type angles that you can take to figure out maybe where the money that was supposed to go into the levees was embezzled to, <laughs> and why the, and why these areas are now underwater. And I like the idea because then you have these nice, you can have lots of cool uh, ruins and have them be partially submerged and you can have some game mechanics where you have um, being underwater for a certain amount of time and you're running out of breath because everyone loves that game mechanic where you're underwater and then you run out of breath and then you have to fruitlessly struggle back to the surface everyone loves that i can't that. think of a game that wouldn't be improved by an, an underwater breathing mechanic yeah that those are my favorite yeah i mean that certainly improved super mario 64 which is one of my most current game references so then, of course, on the opposite end, we've got drought. There's maybe uh, some area that is nuclear wasteland, because we're, we're going straight towards po- post-apocalypse territory, and that's very hot. Everyone likes these post-apocalyptic stories, or at least that's what it appears to be from the amount of them that are out there in the world. So I can only assume that people like them, since there are so many of them. I don't know. I don't read the analytics on these things. So then we have... So we got your flood, we got your drought. Alien, how do we feel? Is alien invasion a natural disaster? Or do we consider that something else? I, f- I feel like that might be a little bit something else. We could Maybe could we do like a, like a volcanic eruption? Volcanic that eruption? That would be super okay. cool, and you could have like a heat mechanic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Then you can do some platforming elements too, with lava streams and all that. We all we like platformers. and mm-hmm. Risk, risk to, the heat to get the best photo. Yeah, yeah, and obviously the... The more dangerous the area, the more points you would be awarded for your given photos. And that, you know, because we want to really have that exploration be a big element of it. And that's that's kind of where I'm thinking of going with this. All right, what was this piece of shit called? Uh, a picture picture of, of the end. Picture of the end. Is a platformer or an exploration game? Like, what? 
You're not. It's, I'm not. Well, I'm it's not, both. It's, uh, it's it's both. Yes. So, so what's the main character's name? Is it a dude? Is it a chick? Is it a cute bunny? What's going on? It can be anyone, but it's certainly a human. Are you going to have a character creation system then? Can we do sliders and make him all wacky and stuff? Because I love that. I love making my guy look like he's got a nose that goes from like ear to ear and then like purple lips. I'm thinking more like, say, like the in Persona where there's a character that is a set character, but he actually has no personality. So that Why's the, it got to be a dude? Well, I mean, it's... I was basically just imagining like a set of hands with a camera and that could honestly be either male or female. Can I change the skin color of the hands? Can I be oh, a totally. blue guy? Sure. I mean, I think I think it'd be better to limit it. Because it's like those people who say they aren't racist. They love all people. Black, brown, blue. So now we can actually give racist people blue guys. Fair enough. I, right. I mean, I think we can make the code so anyway, for that work. I, I really don't know a damn thing about video games. I'm just here to make this piece of shit make some money. It sounds boring. There's nothing shooting you. There's no explosion. You're... The most exciting thing is hopping on lava rocks so you can take a picture. You know who takes pictures? My niece Stephanie at her bar mitzvah of our friend. That's who takes pictures. And that's boring. If I want to play your game, I just get on Instagram and set some shit on fire behind me. The fire festival was more interesting than this piece of shit. But I tell you what, you're onto something. Volcano? We can make a side game. It was exciting. We can have a drone piloting side mini game in this thing that has a camera on it, and you can get bonus points by flying your drone through volcanoes. And how about we can say one of the natural disasters is maybe a dimensional portal opening to a elder god's dimension, and then you're flying your drone and exploring that too. Maybe we'll make that the DLC. That might be cool. The elder god's DLC. Like, I don't think anyone owns the rights to Cthulhu or anything like that, so we can go with that. But add some excitement. Can we add a helicopter level? Absolutely. Like, can we just have him taking pictures, the blue guy taking pictures from a helicopter? Uh, absolutely. I, well, first we'll have to have a, maybe a fuel gathering mechanism all so right. that he so, can find So anyway, all right, if you can give me a helicopter, I like just the hands, as long as I can pick whatever color I want. And then later we can sell skins for different textures and patterns on the hands. Like, if you want your hands to look like soccer balls, you can pay 10 extra bucks for that. And then you do that for me, throw a helicopter and drone side game. I'll give you a budget of 15 millions for, for this thing. And we'll launch it, at, we'll announce it at E3. That's all, right. all I got. Okay, so, yeah, I got, I got the feedback back from you guys. I think this is, uh, is kind of different from my original concept, but I think there's, there's some things in there we can definitely make work. Um, what I think we can do is, is sell the sense of scope more, because I think what was you, you wanted something that was more like intense, more dramatic, and I think you know we can make those maybe those natural disasters we're looking at are are still happening, like maybe we're in the middle of like a flood or we're in the middle of an erupting volcano and we're trying to get the important picture that's going to go out to all the different you know news places around the country around the world, you know that that picture is super valuable because it's going to make. You know, a, a ton of money in that uh, that particular moment. So, um, you know, we we can definitely do something with a, a helicopter. I, I don't see that as being a, a problem in terms of working that into our, our natural disasters. A, a drone is cool too, although you know, generally they do require GPS to fly. The natural disasters probably wouldn't happen. Although, I, I am considering something that's real world logistics in a video game, which I, I probably shouldn't be doing. But it might be interesting to include as like a thing like the helicopter needs fuel and the 
the drone needs access to satellites. So you can only fly it in certain spots or whatever it is. And that's what everyone loves in video games is a, is a resource mechanic anchored to real life problems. People love that. I just want it to be a challenge, man. That's that's what I'm going for. So I think I think that'll work. So we went with a flood. We have like nuclear waste. Was that one of them that you had? And then we've got volcano. Volcano. Yep. I think we need like is there one dimensional nexus. Oh, yes. earthquake. earthquake would be dimensional perfect. Dimensional nexus is in the DLC package. Yeah, that's, so that'll be number five. That'll be in the DLC package. And we can because you know they sometimes have like weird DLCs for for games like that where it just doesn't connect a whole lot in the same way. I think that'll work. And then we'll call that one, you know, picture to the end, Nexus. I like it. Or picture of the end. All right, game developer, what you got for me with my changes? All right, I've got got the mechanic that is going to make this game the most exciting, dramatic, and very engrossing game that our players will be able to play, being the players that they are. This mechanic is those... Okay, so these disasters are happening in real time. One, we've got a time mechanic. Each playthrough of the game is limited. You might be exploring these different disasters, but there's like a zero hour that if you hit, that disaster happens. So it's like that, that show 24 with that short dude, Kiefer Sutherland? Absolutely not. It's much He's more... really short. Ab- absolutely not. It's much more like um, the uh, Legend like of... It's, well, agree to disagree on whether or not you like that show. This game is, we're thinking more, I'm talking more like Majora's Mask, everyone's favorite Zelda game, where we've got a countdown on these disasters, depending on which disaster you explore on a given playthrough, and what you take pictures of. Your pictures, if you take good pictures, you report it out, you save lives. There's a number of people, and your counter, depending on how good of information you get to them, you might be saving lives, and you might be totally murdering millions of people by not giving them adequate information. So if you play through one route, and you get to a point where you're, you've not gotten the good enough pictures, then you see the, the toll of the humanity of all these people that have just been wiped out by not being able to get out of the flood zone or the volcano lava streams or the terrible landslides or the tornadoes or the dimensional nexus. So having this is going to give people a real emotional stake. It will give people give little NPCs different names and stuff so then when you get through to the end you get a little post credit sequence where you can see whether or not they lived or not and you're like oh shit Jane died and then you feel really fucking sad and that's gonna be great <laughs> or not and then you'll try to play through it again because you want because you want it, who cares about those other NPCs you wanted Jane to live because you like Jane Jane's pretty cool alright so that's pretty good uh, you're wrong on that majority Major is whatever that thing you said is everyone's favorite Zelda game. Everyone knows the best Zelda game is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So anyway, <laughs> what? That's a game, right? <laughs> sure. Zelda and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, starring Short Round. <laughs> that's a game. Or my assistant lies to me. Anyway, I like what you're spitting out at me. There's some good stuff. I have an idea how to. You know what people like on games. You know, it's all the rage in every game. People don't like playing single-player games. They like people from the world being able to comment on their games and kind of break their, like, world they've created. So, multiplayer. Because a game ain't complete until a 12-year-old told, has told you he's fucked your mother. I mean, that's how I know I'm having a video game experience, is when some 12-year-old from the Balkans is talking smack at me. Like, that's, that's how I know it's a quality video game that, you know... 
EA doesn't make a game unless a 12-year-old can tell you he's fucked your mother on it, I'm pretty sure. That's how it plays. Like, I think that's in EA's mission statement. 12-year-old boys must be able to do this thing. So, uh, anyway, so, like, the pictures you take of your world, you have to submit to, like, a website that's like, am I hot or not? But it's like, is this a cool picture or not? And based on people's votes, we have a rating metric on how much money you get paid by newspapers. Newspapers are still a thing, right? They haven't, like, they're not gone, right? I heard they were gone. My... Anyway, yeah. my, I got to talk to my assistant about that one, too. Anyway, so, yeah, we have people vote on them. You get enough upvotes or anything, you get more points and fake money in the game, and you, like, get a Pulitzer or whatever. Do Pulitzers exist? I don't know. Reality is fleeting. That's, all, that's the point of this whole thing I'm trying to say is reality is fleeting. That's why there's, like, that's, I think that's the whole point of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull game movie. <laughs> Like, is reality is not what you make it, and there might be an alien played by Shia LaBeouf. Anyway, that's what I got. Add some multiplayer thing to it, and I think we got a game. Let's send Picture of the End to E3 and see if we, you know, got a winner. So, so, so the game's done. How you feeling, game designer? Well, at the last minute, I did change the title to Nihilism Simulator 2017. <laughs> um, so, you know, of course things are going well. I, 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 the multiplayer aspect I think has some interesting qualities to it in the sense that you you're all competing for this picture now, so there's a lot of like, you know, pushing each other into the lava or into the nuclear waste, or like you know, teabagging each other's corpses <laughs> while you're also trying to. So know, so get we these added beautiful did we shots. add the character creation and you can be naked. Oh yeah, what, yeah. I mean, dong sliders. Sure. Awesome. Whatever you need, man. As as long as as long as I get paid, I guess. But you know, I think I think at the the end of the day, what what matters is that I had a pretty cool concept, and I currently have a paycheck. So I think that works. Excellent. So, game developer, you happy how your game turned out? Absolutely not. Addition of the multiplayer was uh, a much, much resented move here around the game studio. We feel that uh, basically it it took the game and it turned it into something ugly and terrible and ultimately only playable three weeks from the launch date. And any time past that, it'll just be a wasteland, not unlike the original game we designed, designed but much less entertaining because you won't be able to do anything because you won't have other players to upvote your stupid dick pics. You got anything else, bud? I really, I resented the dong sliders, but, you know, I guess a paycheck's a paycheck. <laughs> Alright, so, I'm, I'm thrilled about this game. It's, uh, you know, the fact that it's become a living game and with the online voting thing and these nihilistic 12-year-old kids who fuck people's mothers have just added a beautiful element to the game and it's involved into something we never could have imagined. In fact, I'm really excited. I just heard Polygon picked up a show <laughs> called Two Dongs in a Pizza Place. And they just play through the game with all these crazy mods the community had made. And, like, the, the drone they fly around is just made of dongs. It's like a flying dong drone. And it's just like the McElroy brothers, like, chuckling it up the whole time to a flying dick machine. Well, we do so, like those McElroy I'm just saying, I think that's a win. Because anytime you I believe the phrase is "aw dunk," aw dunk. <laughs> so there you have it, the nihilism simulator 1.0.
Is that what we... Nihilism Simulator 2017. 2017. And as always on the movie machine, I mean, that video game thing we slapped together for your enjoyment, that's a title pending. We're going to end with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. This is tough cabbage with an attitude. Thank you, everyone. We've been Hot Chocolate.